Why does baptism matter? That's the question we're discussing today on The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. I'm Aaron Armstrong, and with me is Josh Hayes. Josh, we are about to step on a landmine today. We are, or you could say we're about to take a deep dive Ooh. into baptism. Though, though, we're, though we're not necessarily going to talk a lot about a, immersion and mode and so forth, but still a, <laughs> a deeper dive than most people might be used to. That's right. Your your Baptist colors are showing right now, uh, and I, uh, and I respect that. that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's dangerous to do that sometimes. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so yeah. Today we're talking about baptism. This is uh, this is gonna be good because this is a an under, uh, really an under underserved part of the Christian life. In that, um, we can either take it. We we often don't take it seriously enough. Right. Um, and, and I, I will say we don't take it seriously enough, particularly in more Baptistic circles. Um, so I didn't grow up in, I didn't grow up in the church, as you know. Um, I got baptized when I was 25 going just before I was 26. Um, shortly after I, after I became a believer. Um, and so that was uh and that was that was kind of a kind of a fun moment for me um because i was one of i wasn't it was one of the more spontaneous baptisms only in the sense that i was already a believer um and and i was and we were having a baptism service that day at church and i didn't know that we were having a baptism uh, a baptism service that day until i got there and so i um, and so as I'm there, I just felt like, I just felt this prompting, like I was supposed to go get baptized. And so, um, and my now wife did too. And so we went and found, but we were like, should we go do that? Should we? I don't know. And we were like, you know, hemming and hawing. And eventually the pastor got out of the baptismal, uh, pool and, uh, cause I think they had a hot tub in the floor at the mm. time. Um, and, uh, he was off getting, getting back into his normal clothes out of his wet stuff. And, uh, we went and found the youth pastor and we were like, we need to get baptized. And then he's like, can you wait till next service? And we're like, no. <laughs> so they actually interrupted service. He got back into his wet clothes and was like, all right, we're going to do this. And, uh, and we got baptized. So it was really great. Oh, that's a worthy um, inter- appropriate interruption. So absolutely. That's, that's, that's the right uh, inclination is it should be. Why not for those who are already following Christ who, you know, have a clear understanding of the gospel. It's why, why put it off would be yeah. more, of the, would be more the, the question to ask. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, and, you know, baptism has been on my mind a lot lately because um, because actually just um, at the time of this recording, about a month before it, um, I actually got to baptize my son. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. And so that. that's really cool. That was that was that was a really cool experience. He he says he loves Jesus. And um, we talked about what it means to say that you love Jesus and what baptism means and. And he wanted to go for it, so uh, so I got to do that, um, and it was really incredible. Said, "Father, what doth prohibit me from being baptized?" 
<laughs> he spoke in the King James language of, you know. Absolutely. Acts. Absolutely. So what was that Acts chapter 8, I believe? I, yep. I yep. All right. So, uh, so let's t- here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about um we're going to we're going to share our definition of baptism and um listeners are going to note that it has a reference has some references to a specific mode of baptism. There's a reason for that. It's because um you know certainly Josh and I are baptistic in our in in our conviction around uh baptism in general, but also um we are part of but also our, our the gospel project is part of an organization that um, that is that it, that is part of the Southern Baptist Convention. So uh, it's naturally going to be. However, we want to be as re- you're going to see in our conversation, we want to be as respectful as possible to those who have different viewpoints, and we're going to talk about that a little bit too. So, um, in particularly in what some of those those viewpoint differences are. So. Um, so here's what we got. So Christian baptism is the immersion of a believer in water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is an act of obedience symbolizing the believer's faith in a crucified, buried, and risen Savior, the believer's death to sin, and the burial of the old life and the resurrection to walk in newness of life in Christ Jesus. It is a testimony to the believer's faith in the final resurrection of the dead. Being a church ordinance, it is a prerequisite to the privilege of church membership and to the Lord's Supper. And so if we were to summarize this um, a little more succinctly, baptism is an important part of the Christian life and experience because it's a sign that represents our union with the risen Christ and serves as our entryway into the church. And that summary definition, I think, is something that that no matter what your conviction on the method behind baptism, um, again, we're going to talk about that in a second, that anyone should be able to get behind. Now, uh, Josh, where do we see baptism outlined in Scripture in terms of its importance? Perhaps the most uh, foundational passage uh, for baptism and its expectation uh, for the church uh, to continue this this practice is in the uh, famous Great Commission passage in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I'll read that. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So you have baptism in the name of the triune God specifically. And that was very important in the the life of the church early on in terms of defining what baptism uh, represented. And then it's the triune God who, whom we worship and who saves us. And that baptism reflects this reality of being in communion with the the triune God. It was given by the authority of the triune God and namely through Jesus right there uh, telling the, uh, disciples before he ascended to baptize those uh, from whom they make disciples. Uh, Acts two thirty seven through forty one is another important passage where we see at Pentecost this uh, in, uh, this bringing in a load of people into the into the initial church uh, movement there uh, early on, and so you have after Peter preaches this sermon. 
that that the, that the uh, crowd finds uh, convicting, where he uh, declares Jesus is the Lord whom they crucified, but is now risen, and that the, the times of refreshing, the, the, all these uh, fulfillments and promises of God have, have come to pass in him, they they respond to, to his proclamation of the gospel and ask what they need to do. So we'll read uh, where this is described a bit in Acts 2.37, uh, going through verses uh, verse 41. Uh, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. So we see that the initial response uh, to the gospel uh, that brought in a lot of people into the church, uh, brand new, uh, to, to begin what was the early church was repent and believe and be baptized. That's that those were the, that was the expectation given to become a part of what was uh, known as the, as the church, as the, the Holy Spirit was, uh, given on that, on that occasion as well in, in a new way. Uh, Romans six is also a famous passage that describes what baptism uh, depicts w what the imagery is there for, what the symbolism um, uh, teaches us. Uh, Romans 6, uh, verses 1 through 4, the Apostle Paul writes, what should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. So union with Christ and baptism are tied together very closely there as if we're united with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection and what's uh, depicted in, in baptism, the strong association with what's true about our salvation uh, being represented being associated with with baptism and then i'll, I'll read one more uh, passage here from uh, the apostle paul in colossians 2 uh, he makes a connection between circumcision and baptism this will come up later in our discussion but verses 11 and 12 read you were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with hands but putting off the body of flesh and the circumcision of christ when you were buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And so that, that gives us a good um, sort of overview of some uh, more pertinent parts uh, of Scripture addressing baptism and its, in, its importance. Yeah. Man, those are our—and, yeah, those are some really great— passages and and of course there's so much there's so much more right. in, in scripture about this um but uh as we as we think about baptism what are some what are some things that we need to take into consideration and so um one of the first things that i i would say about that is that we need to remember that the gospel is the foundation for baptism Baptism is not the foundation for the gospel. We have to keep that relationship mm -hmm. um, in the right in in the right 
spot. So baptism is a picture of the gospel, namely that, uh, namely what uh, the the triune God, the Father, Son, and Spirit ha- has done to save us through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection through the receiving of the Holy Spirit. Um, it is, however, also a ritual. So though nothing short of a command in the name of that same Father, Son, and Spirit, that same triune God. So this is not something that is optional for us. Um, even though we see, even though we readily admit that yes, it is a ritual, but it is a it is a man, it is a God mandated ritual that the church must perform. It's something that we must do. And not only must we do it, we delight in doing it because of what it means. Um, think about uh, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 1, 14 through 17, um, where uh, this this goes more into, more into this picture of, of what's done, but also the importance and the command of it. Um, Paul writes that he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that none of you can say you were baptized in my name. I did, in fact, baptize the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't recall if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ uh, will not be emptied of its effect. And so what he's saying here is that um, that baptism matters and it's important but it is it is an it is an expression of faith it's not an empty symbol it's not something that that grants um grace or grants salvation in any way salvation is received one way and one way only by grace through faith alone and that grace through faith alone comes only through the hearing of the gospel, the, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And so if we, if we don't have that, then we don't have anything, anything to baptize people about at all. Um, so it is, um, so again, not to put too fine, fine a point on that, but we have to have to say it again. It's because it's worth say, saying. Baptism is an accompanying sign of salvation as opposed to the me- the means of salvation. Um, we shouldn't confuse it with salvation, but we should also not divorce it from how we think about salvation in Christ. So think about uh, think about it this way. Um, uh, and it's it's right to think about it uh, in the analogy of of the covenant sign of circumcision in the Old Testament. This is something we see in Colossians two eleven and twelve. Um, that is uh, that is important, and we're going to get to that uh, a le- that just we're going to touch on that in just a second. Um, but it's the sign, not the covenant itself. In the same way, think about your wedding ceremony. If you're married, um, the ceremony is the making of the covenant. The the you know in our culture we typically wear a ring. Um, that ring is a symbol of the covenant itself. Um, each are are meant to take place, um, but with these, whether it's 
baptism or circumcision or a wedding ceremony. These are all meant to take place once, once only. Each in in um, each point to deeper realities, and um, those involved are entitled to to privileges after after each ceremony and ritual. And you can use your imagination on some of those. Although I'm not sure what the sim what the uh, what the privilege is after circumcision, be, aside from being a little bit sore. <laughs> well, you weren't cut off from the rest of the people of God if you were. Well, there is that. That that was the important sign there, and that's where the analogy uh, fits with baptism. That it marked who belonged to the covenant people of God, and in the old covenant, those who yeah. descended from Abraham uh, were were considered the people of God. And so, if you were a, a male on the eighth day, you were circumcised to mark your uh, place in the covenant community, but also your responsibility for uh, your role in the covenant community as a as a obedient. Uh, servant of the of the one true God who called uh, Abraham, and then uh, similarly in the with the new covenant, baptism marks you off as part of the people of God. But it's 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 applied to those who have uh, faith faith in Jesus, or how people are defined as the as the covenant people uh, of God. Those who are circumcised circumcised of heart, as Paul uh, describes the work of the Spirit in a person to uh, in, enable. Uh, their belief and grant them them salvation. They're circumcised of heart. So we have we have these these rituals, these acts, these rites that point to uh, deeper that point to deeper realities. But nonetheless, uh, are these external representations of of internal uh, realities that, that are that are taking place uh, among among the people of God. Circumcision yeah, yeah. pointing us to the need for our hearts to be circumcised as uh, uh, Moses described in Deuteronomy 30 and then baptism referring to our, our union with Christ our being raised to walk in newness of life like Paul described in Romans 6 and then as we were talking about you mentioned the analogy of the the wedding ceremony the wedding ceremony isn't what makes us um, love the the other person that doesn't that doesn't produce the love in our hearts for the other person but it it is an external ceremony that does bind us to to vows that are uh, meant to be uh, lived out with integrity uh, throughout the the rest of your life and so uh, baptism likewise marks you out as a christian and that's to be something of a, of a vow or an oath that you will live in accordance with your of what your baptism means um, going forward yeah yeah all right so how about that yeah. All right. So, how about you take that into the historical disagreement? Yeah, and uh, one thing is we we try to navigate carefully and, and winsomely here, with not trying to just sort of trumpet our own uh, position and convictions about uh, the mode and recipient uh, of baptism. Is uh, historically, there's been uh, widespread disagreement about this issue. If you paid attention to it, like at all, and been alive in the last two thousand years. Uh, but there's, there's nonetheless a genuine importance uh, to the Christian life when it comes to, to baptism, but we need to acknowledge that there's, there's disagreement about this uh, historically. There's agreement on the importance of it, but then there's disagreement about the, the mode of it and, and, and who gets baptized, the, the timing of baptism in a, in a person's life. And so genuine Orthodox, Jesus-loving 
Christians, they've disagreed over this issue for, for, for some time. This debate goes back really early into the a church's history into the, even the late second and third century, as far as our, our records uh, take us back where people were writing about it, acknowledging that there were different uh, viewpoints. And so you have a believer's only position, and that would describe a, a lot of, a lot of different uh, church bodies and movements, especially since the, since the refer- since the time of the reformation. But this is where someone is baptized based on a credible profession of faith, a, a, a profession of faith that seems like, it's genuine and that there and that there's been some sort of um, life change in the person as they've, as they've as they've come to hear and, and believe the gospel. But there's also the pedo baptism view, pedo uh, coming from uh, the Latin word for for um, for infant. Uh, with uh, pedo baptism, uh, you do have the place for believers' baptism for people who come into the church believing the gospel as adults so they allow for believers baptism but those who are the children of of believers then uh receive baptism hence pedo baptism or infant baptism so it's it's baptism is to be given to believers but then who might not come from a family who already believes the gospel uh but also their their children and they would see this in continuity uh with with the old testament that god's people were made of and the ever since abraham uh believers and their their children and the covenant sign was given to infants particularly infant males and so likewise this these traditions would see uh baptism is replacing circumcision to mark the people of god so since that was applied to infants in the old testament then why should we why should we neglect infants and um the fuller expression of salvation that's come in 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 the new covenant if i can be fair to, to that position for, for a moment. And so um, historically throughout the church's history, the believers only position really since the third, fourth century where uh, infant baptism became the predominant view in practice, uh, believers only has been the minority position from an historical standpoint. Now, globally, that's different, because especially if you consider the last uh, couple centuries uh, since the modern missions movement, you have more Baptistic or uh, believers only uh, churches and a global expression so depends on how you're counting if you're counting in terms of years and practice well then the, the infant baptism belief and then there's debate about how early does that go back i mean there there's evidence of that there's some debate as early as the late and se- uh, second and early third century with tortullian di- discour- discouraging infant baptism but it depends on how you're counting so in terms of years sure infant baptism seems seems to be largely the predominant view but then when it comes to numbers total globally if you combine that for all time well the baptistic side might have the majority but we don't determine truth by majority rule either way so that that doesn't show us who's right and who's wrong uh, necessarily regardless of how those those two things uh stack up but one thing we want to notice is we see the practice of infant baptism and the rationale for it developed by the uh you know, late ancient times uh, into early middle, middle ages, you start to see infant baptism connected to infant salvation and in that uh, infants were seen to be born with original sin. And so there's a high mortality rate in the ancient world into the medieval world. And so in order to make sure uh, an infant doesn't, doesn't go to hell because that was the, that was the concern, uh, you, would, you would have this uh, pressure to, to baptize the infant because there's a view that baptism cleansed from the 
um, cleansed people from original sin that was uh, prevalent in the in the church by the by late antiquity, early or early Middle Ages, to give a uh, brief uh, hi- history lesson of sorts. And then our records even show that you have older children, so like children who are two, children who are eight. Um, uh, you have the record of their baptism, the date that they were baptized, and it would, and it would be just a, within a couple of days of when they died. So they were in a fragile state of health. And so uh, their parents saw fit to, in order to get them saved, as it were, uh, to, to baptize them. So that gets that gets attached to this practice of baptism. That doesn't determine which view is right or wrong. It's just saying this is historically how the practice uh, developed then at the time of the Reformation. You have different traditions thinking differently. For most part, the Reformation traditions kept the practice of infant baptism, but had a different rationale uh, for it. We can we can we can speak about it that way because I, I don't want to go too much into into details here, just because it, it, I don't think it would prove useful to our our listeners to get into the into the minutia of, of, of the debate. But what we can take away from this, though, is that baptism is really important and Christians throughout all centuries have saw it as important, at least those who were literate and cognizant of, uh, of, of, of the matter when it comes to the, the Middle Ages. But, uh, but the, the, there's a priority and unity among all Christians that, it, that, that, that baptism is important and what it represents, namely the gospel reality of salvation. That's important. But nonetheless, faithful Christians are going to disagree on this. And so there's going to be some level of division because you're going to have different beliefs about who is a member of the church, who belongs to the church, who receives baptism, and what happens at the time of, at the time of baptism uh, that, that are going to divide us as far as a local church, as far as a local church level goes, because practically your church is going to have to side one way or another well are we baptizing infants or are we not and what are we teaching is happening when baptism takes place all right so we've talked a lot of, a lot about the background and the differences in in different functions and and, and what all baptism symbolizes um here what are a couple of different differences this doctrine should make so i'll handle the first one you can you can handle the last so the first is is that we have something clear and tangible to call people toward in their response to the gospel baptism is a boundary marker between christians and non-christians it is something that only christians are to do the new testament gives us something better than you know whether it's you know, as much as people in our, our particular tradition love altar calls or the sinner's prayer or raising hands or signing cards or um, any of that kind of stuff, baptism is was the sign and the mark of conversion for the New Testament church. It's why the, the New Testament keeps calling back to it and saying things like, remember your baptism and um, in Galatians 3, 27, saying that for those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ, that it has this connection to our identity in Christ, that um, that it is a reminder of. So this this whole idea of 
our relationship with our baptism, that our baptism is that is that sign point. It's a reminder. It's that thing that we can look back to and remember whether we when we are struggling with temptation, when we fall into sin, that we can look at that and we can know that we because we turned to Jesus, we can turn to him again and he will be faithful and just to forgive us when we confess our sins as well. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's not just a, a clear, intangible event, rite, ritual, whatever we want to call it, that 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 enables people to express the, their faith in Christ, their loyalty to Christ. That's not just the case for new believers, though. Though it is very much the case, it's, it's this, there's this inherent connection between baptism and, and conversion that you just. Um, noted it's prevalent in the, in the in the new testament to be a christian was to be baptized and that that's how uh things were seen going into the early centuries uh, of the church and that's really when uh you talk to christians around the world today you might be where christianity might be the minority position uh the minority religion in a certain area uh, that's when the that's when the um the persecution really starts when they're mm-hmm. baptized that kind of puts a target on, on their back because it shows that they're a serious committed follower uh, of Jesus and they represent what's called Christianity. And that's seen as a, a, a foreign and threatening religion in certain parts of the world where Christians are in the, in the minority, but more than just a clear and tangible way for new believers to express their faith. This is a way uh, that, that saints uh, of all, of all ages and statures and, and levels of maturity within the church have to have their faith affirmed. So it's a clear and tangible expression that affirms our ongoing faith in Christ. It's not just for the new believer, but it's for the the church corporate to see, the church members of all ages to see and reflect back on their their baptism, to remember their baptism. As you just mentioned, Aaron, uh, one of the ways that we can uh, declare our assurance and our security in Christ is say, I'm a baptized Christian. It's not because your baptism made you right with God, but it's because when you pledge allegiance to Jesus, baptism is an expression of that allegiance. So if you're united to Christ, you stand to inherit all the promises of God, all the good things that he has won for his people are yours. And baptism expresses that inseparable union you have with the, with the once crucified and forever risen Jesus. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a way of affirming faith and nourishing the faith of both the new believer, but also the mature believer, the, the more tenured believer the believer who you know who's been in the church for 10 years to 20 years to 50 50 years they see this baptism and they see a visual depiction of the gospel god's given us his word as the primary means for for knowing him which we we have in the in, in the bible but he's also given us these two other signs that we know is the lord's supper and baptism as a way to uh, pres- preserve and nourish our faith and so we see a, a, a visual depiction a dramatic portrayal of the gospel in each and every baptism and that's why it's such such a fun thing to to witness and it kind of has a uh enlivening and infectious um aspect to it when people are getting baptized it's an exciting time and what it is is people are getting to see the gospel in, in, in visual form uh as as it were so we we look to baptism both our hours and others to remember who we are and whose we are and baptism like the like the lord's supper even though you're only you know ideally getting baptized once 
uh, we should be seeing more than one baptism baptism as we as we go forward and, and, and preach the gospel to others and they respond in faith we should be seeing baptism on on an ongoing uh, on an ongoing basis and that reminds us of what our own baptism means and what what the reality is that unites all of us in Christ regardless if we're a new believer or a believer for decades it's it's the, it's that we're united by faith to the crucified and risen jesus who saved us from our sins and gives us and gives us all that we need to live for him and for god's glory uh, going forward and that's a great point to end on and thanks for talking about baptism today josh and thank you all for listening to today's episode of the podcast if you enjoyed it please leave a sincere five-star rating and review on apple podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show and for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel please visit gospelproject.com